0: The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Sixteen years ago, as a hospital chaplain, I began a blessing of the pet therapy dogs at Eastern Maine Medical Center in Bangor, Maine. We did it on or near October 4th, St. Francis Feast Day, when congregations and animal shelters around the world celebrate the sanctity and spirituality of the animals. After all, God breathed his love into all living creatures. And this year, 2021, St. Francis Day happens to fall on a Monday, the day NDE Radio comes to you every week. So I thought I would include you, the listener, in our prayers, poems, and observations about the sacredness of all life on our planet. There are rites of passage for all living things, and sometimes they even tumble together in the drama of hospital life. As a chaplain, I participated not only in births and deaths, but in stillborn baptisms, deathbed weddings, and born-again spiritual resurrections as patients recovered from near-death experiences. But of all the rituals of hospital life, I think my most favorite has been the St. Francis Day blessing of the pet therapy dogs. To love a dog and then to train it to freely share its love with sick strangers in need of comfort is a calling so demanding and at the same time so rewarding that it calls for ritual acknowledgement of the gift at least once a year. Of course, even just caring for a pet is like taking marriage vows, such as to have and to hold from this day forth, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish until death do us part. It's a similar bond we have with our animals through our shared love and dedication. More than 30 years ago, my wife Charlene and I were on a road trip, visiting the small towns that circle around Mexico City when we came upon a churchyard that looked more like a barnyard. It was so full of animals. The local farmers had brought not only their pet dogs and cats, but milk cows, roosters, ducks, sheep, goats, and rabbits to the annual annual, annual blessing of the animals. It was October 4th, the traditional day for the feast of St. Francis of Assisi. Francis, the saint from whom the current pope took his name, was born in Italy some 840 years ago, the son of a wealthy cloth merchant. Francis became a soldier in his youth during a time when city-states in Italy were at war with each other, but Francis was captured and imprisoned for a year, and then he fell ill, and when he recovered, he experienced a religious conversion that led him to renounce his father's wealth. In fact, the story goes that he took his clothes off in the town square right in front of the bishop returned them to his father, and told him only God was his father now. Ultimately, Francis founded the Franciscan Order of the Friars Minor and became a leader of the movement of evangelical poverty in the early 13th century. His consecration to poverty and charity gave him a personal charisma that drew thousands of followers. Francis' devotion to Jesus' way of life and his desire to follow Jesus' example reflected and reinforced important developments in medieval spirituality. The Pavarello, meaning little poor little man, is one of the most venerated religious figures in Roman Catholic history. And for Francis' love of all the animals, Pope John Paul II recognized him as the patron saint of ecology. Now, here's a poem about St. Francis by Dr. Dogrel. Francis didn't start a saint. A saint's life's based on what one ain't. But in drunkenness and revelry, Francis was a sight to see, a youth-clad in splendid grand attire to warrior status, he aspired. It was only after he got sick and fever chilled him to the quick, the saint began to mend his ways. His spiritual life did now amaze his wanton friends and wealthy dad. His spiritual leanings made Dad sad, and then sad to mad beyond all reason, his son's behavior verged on treason. Francis threw his father's goods away. The precious cloth his father, gray with working hard his whole life through, a sizable fortune he'd accrued, about which Francis turned quite rude. And when at last in confrontation in a public town square declaration The young St. Francis, rebel hippie, told his father off and then quite snippy, stripped his clothes off, stood quite naked, and his father's wealth and home forsake did, declaring God his only father. Francis would no longer bother to to be at his father's beck and call. His naked body said it all. God told Francis, repair my church. And Francis then began to search for stones to fix St. Damien's, a chapel where he and faithful friends began a major reconstruction, based on Francis' own deduction that God's command meant save a chapel, instead of picking up the scalpel and cutting through the church corruption that served old Satan's bold abduction of those who'd felt a call to Christ, but now were grabbed in Satan's heist. St. Francis lived in poverty. And though, and through work and begging, was set free from greed and avarice and care, he and his converts were aware they were against all church convention when they fed lepers. All apprehension of infection was now swept away since God's love ruled St. Francis Day. And then, accused of heresy, St. Francis met the papacy head-on and gained the papal blessing. No heresy was he confessing, but rather spoke, of love for all. The Pope's agreement cleared the hall of any Franciscan opposition. The saint had won his rude petition. Of Francis are many stories told how he loved animals and bold to save a wolf who'd eaten sheep. He made the crazy loving leap of negotiating with the farmers not to kill the wolf or harm her, but rather feed the wolf instead with scraps to be her daily bread so sheep no longer would be eaten. Such loving logic can't be beaten. Because St. Francis loved all creatures, his prayerful words and works are featured in this first week of October, and animal blessings are the sober result of all St. Francis' love. Medieval wisdom, like a dove, descends on all who love their pets, and kennels, shelters, Even vets arrange for blessings to be made. Pets are eternal, unafraid. In Francis' name, in his name spoken, his love through history comes unbroken. The Greek historian Herodotus coined the saying, only the good die young. This was true for St. Francis, who lived only about 44 years, but it's especially true for our pets, unless your pet is perhaps a turtle. The ancient version of the saying reads, Whom the gods love dies young. It said the proverb originated with the story of two especially good sons who replaced two missing oxen and hitched themselves to a cart to carry their mother to a festival for the goddess Hera. The grateful mother asked Hera to reward her sons with the greatest gift anyone might receive, whereupon her sons lay down to sleep and never woke again. So death is a gift to the good. Our pets' short lives are there to remind us over and over that our lives are short as well. But we don't want it to end there for ourselves or for our pets, which brings me to a traditional part of this service, reading the famous description of the Rainbow Bridge. Just this side of heaven is a place called Rainbow Bridge. When an animal dies that has been especially close to someone here, that pet goes to Rainbow Bridge. There are meadows and hills for all of our special friends so they can run and play together. There's plenty of food, water, and sunshine, and our friends are warm and comfortable. All the animals who had been ill and old are restored to health and vigor. Those who were hurt or maimed are made whole and strong again just as we remember them in our dreams of days and times gone by. The animals are happy and content, except for one small thing. They each miss someone very special to them who had to be left behind. They all run and play together, but the day comes when one suddenly stops and looks into the distance. His bright eyes are intent. His eager body quivers. Suddenly he begins to run from the group, flying over the green grass, his legs carrying him faster and faster. You have been spotted. And when you and your special friend finally meet, you cling together in joyous reunion, never to be parted again. The happy kisses rain upon your face, your hands again caress the beloved head, and you look once more into the trusting eyes of your pet, so long gone from your life, but never absent from your heart and then you cross the Rainbow Bridge together. What do the various religions say about the souls of animals? In an article from December 12, 2014, reporter Adam Epstein attempted to answer the question, do all dogs go to heaven? He noted that a few years before, Pope Francis made the New York Times when he told a little boy whose dog had recently died that paradise is open to all of God's creatures. Also, Pope John Paul II said back in 1990 that uh, animals do have souls. Some Christian churches differ, however, on whether animals are welcomed into heaven. Mormons apparently take the position that animals can go to heaven. Islam, according to Epstein, offers no clear answer. In Islam, all souls are eternal, including those of animals. But in order to get to heaven, beings must be judged by God on Judgment Day, and some Muslim scholars say animals are not judged as humans are. Others say they are judged, but it's unsettled what exactly happens to them after that. The Quran does say that those who enter paradise can have whatever they want, though, so perhaps you can just request that you can bring your pet. Buddhism views animals as conscious beings, noting that humans can be reborn as animals, and animals can be reborn as humans humans and animals are thus all interconnected. Hinduism also outlines a type of reincarnation in which a being's eternal soul is reborn on a different plane after death, continuing until the soul is liberated. Animals have souls, but most Hindu scholars say that animal souls evolve into the human plane during the reincarnation process. So Hindus say animals are a part of the same life-death-rebirth cycle that humans are in, but at some point they cease to be animals and their souls enter human bodies so they can be closer to God. Epstein writes that Judaism is rather fuzzy on whether or not heaven or hell even exists. So it's no surprise that it's also unclear about whether or not animals can go to these places. Some rabbis say they do and others say they do not. What's implied, however, is that animals do have souls in Judaism. Jews who keep kosher don't eat the blood of birds and mammals because that's where their souls are said to be held. For most ND ears, of course, the answer is clear. All dogs do go to heaven. And for the avatar purpose of pets to people, I turn to uh, Scott Adams cartoon Dilbert. In last week's Sunday paper, by coincidence, Dilbert, the corporate engineer, and Dogbert, the conniving dog, are having a conversation. Dilbert asks the dog, do you ever wonder about the true nature of reality? I, I mean, is any of this real? The dog replies, maybe we're a digital simulation that was designed to entertain a higher intelligence? Dilbert then asks, how would we be entertaining to them? the dog says, oh, the usual way, by being idiots. The cartoon could have ended there, but the dog added, I have a little secret. Our creator is using me as an avatar to guide you into a better understanding of your reality. Dilbert says, I don't believe you. And Dogbert says, he knew you'd say that. Now, discounting the fact that since Scott Adams is their creator, <laughs> The cartoon therefore becomes an inside joke. But I do believe our creator gave us pets to guide us into a better understanding of our reality, and that reality is based on the building blocks of love. As a chaplain here at the hospital, I heard many stories from patients who had coded and then been resuscitated about what they saw while they were on the other side. Some met angels, some saw deceased family members, And some were delighted by the spirit of pets who had died, full of eternal life and so happy to reunite with them again. So let me tell you a couple of those stories. Sherry Lee Black is a Canadian. She was one of the first people I interviewed for NDE Radio starting back in 2013. She had a terrible accident in which um, coming back with her little dog in, in her car a semi-truck rolled over and crushed their car, killing the dog and, and um, certainly putting her into an, a near-death situation. And as uh, she left her body, she went to her late grandmother's place of, of, <laughs> of uh, remembrance, which I guess was like an apartment. I think she described it as walking down a long hall and and the grandmother offering her some tea. Shirley Black's, uh, both of her grandmothers were were quite phenomenal people. And uh, I think this was her father's mother. In any event, they go out on a balcony and sit down to have tea together. And as she looks over the balcony, she sees playing down in the yard, her little dog, the spirit of her little dog. And she said, I so wanted to go down there and play with him, but he looked up at me, and then he ran off into the woods, and I didn't see him again. He knew he was staying, and I think he must have known that she was going back. A second story. Uh, just last week on the program, I interviewed Randy Kay, an, an nde ear, who told of his uh, joy at seeing the dog he grew up with as a boy. I asked him to describe the scene their souls are living in there in heaven, and he said, Forms appear in multi-dimensions, as though I was seeing heaven from another aspect, entirely new to me. It appeared as though I had previously viewed a flat surface in this world, and then suddenly that flat surface grew into different stratums. Everything glistened in softly lit shades, strikingly green hills and majestic mountains blended into contiguous patterns such that I could instantly climb a mountain or run through grassy fields and swim in the life-giving streams. He said water from the streams nourished everything they touched, even the rocks absorbed the waters. Life sprouted before my eyes. Plants of every kind budded forth new flowers over and over again in a slow, graceful motion. Illuminating light fused all of heaven with an abundancy of life that elicited an overall feeling of profound comfort and peace. And then he said, One of the scenes revealed to me was a group of children joyfully playing in an open field of flowing grass. They chased butterflies and petted creatures like mellow wildcats, but with a different and softer appearance than those I've seen in zoos. These creatures were large like lions, but playful like dogs. People in this lush place exuded joy, and their numbers exceeded my wildest expectations. Were there animals? Yes, there were. They roamed freely and included all types and kinds, including dogs and cats, as part of the river of life. And then he talked about how joyous it was to be suddenly reunited with his boyhood dog. Now, some folks experienced their deceased pets coming back for a visit right here. On NPR the other day, uh, they told a story of how a woman was invited to a backyard party and walked up the driveway, and, and there she saw a beautiful collie halfway up the driveway that looked just like Lassie, she said. And When she got to the party itself, everyone was having a good time, but she saw the dog jumping and playing and catching a ball in the air. Then she said it started to rain, and everyone picked up the food and s- chairs and and moved moved it all inside, moved the party inside. And carrying in the paper cup, she was the last one in. She said she looked back and made eye contact with the dog, who was now sitting alone in the yard watching everyone leave. When she got inside, she asked the woman who lived there, but what about the dog? What dog, was the reply? The collie, the one that looks like Lassie. There was a long pause, and then the woman said, Well, that was my dog. She died two years ago. She's buried out there in the backyard. There are also stories of ghostly dogs who have saved lives. Here's another Dr. Dogrell poem, but it's based on a true story. Grandpa had a dog named Spitzy, short hair, short legs, not all that nifty to look at. But that dog was his. Dedicated, don't you know. He'd follow Grampy where he'd go. An old man with an old dog there, call it love or call it care, that dog was there. Then old Spitzy died one day, not saying much, just passed away, and Grandpa never was the same. He didn't smile much. Life got lame, and so did he with Spitsy gone. One day Grandpa drove to town to get a haircut, buy some food, but not too much with Spitsy gone. Grandpa slept less, no big deal till he fell asleep behind the wheel. The car was drifting off the road when Grandpa felt his head explode cause barked right in his ear, barked him awake, a warning clear to save Grandpa from a hideous death. That dead dog barked out, full of breath, to give Gramps one last warning sign, and save my Grandpa just in time. Endy ears say we meet our loving pets after we die in some big field beyond the sky. "'cause God's love wouldn't be complete without our pets to greet us home. Grandpa died peaceful in his sleep, a happy man because he could keep a memory of that day Spitz saved, old Grandpa from an early grave. He died knowing he would meet that Spitz dog on some golden street with no leash needed, bound by love, my Gramps and Spitz and God above.'" Here's a prayer attributed to St. Francis. May God bless us with discomfort at easy answers, half-truths, and superficial relationships, so that we may live deeply in our hearts. May God bless us with anger at injustice, oppression and exploitation of people and the earth, so that we will work for justice, equity, and peace. May God bless us with tears to shed for those who suffer so that we will reach out our hands to comfort them and change their pain to joy. And may God bless us with a foolishness to think that we can make a difference in our world so that we will do the things which others say cannot be done. Amen. And now we do our blessing of the pet therapy dogs. Blessed are you, holy source of all nature, maker of all living creatures. On the fifth and sixth days of creation, you called forth fish in the sea, birds in the air, and animals on the land. You inspired us to call all animals our brothers and sisters. We ask you to bless these animals by the power of your love, enable them to live fully in praise of your name. May we always praise you. For all your beauty in creation. Amen. Well, thank you for being an extended part of the St. Francis Day service for our pet therapy dogs and all the animals of the world. If you'd like to hear the show again or any of our more than 400 archived NDE interviews, go to TalkZone's NDE radio site and hit the past shows button or subscribe to our YouTube channel, NDE Radio with Lee Whitting, where you can listen and comment on the complete NDE Radio library. And be sure to like, follow, and share our new NDE Radio Facebook page, and discover our Facebook group and links to our YouTube channel while you're there. And listen next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, at Talk Zone for more NDE Radio. I'm your host, Lee Whitting, saying thanks for listening.